What if you had like a fold up uh, drum kit, like e drum kit, or the V drum? You show up. You show up for the to, for just, the for you're the, like like they the all tryout. they fold you out show like up a with tent. a V drum kit they for sh- a tryout. Yeah, and they all fold out, but then you're awesome, and it's like, oh man, I'm picturing like a pop up tent. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> with like <laughs> massive like. It, dude, it would be so big. Fold up. <laughs> Opens like a flower. You're like, stand back. Well, Dave, it's we're feeling good. Feeling warm. Mm-hmm. We're feeling. We're feeling our feelings for Gear Buds. Our podcast, we're feeling our feelings. Our feelings, we're feeling the podcast. Gear Buds podcast, episode 188. It's your buddy Hank, and that's Dave. Hey. And we're doing our show together. It's Friday. I'm off work. You're extra musical today. And I know why. <sighs> why? Because you're playing an old standard tuning. Oh, dear. I guess. Wow. Yeah. Just hopping right into it right now. I'm uh, just, you know, just saying. Getting into the gear life. Let's do it. Gearbuds podcast episode 188. This is a symphony of corrections and your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. And thank you from the bottom of our collective hearts thank for you. listening to this. We're so thankful to have you in our lives and we love it when you reach out. And even if you don't, it's okay. We, I don't, I don't, I've never reached out to a podcast that I listen to. And hmm. I listen to a number of them. So I get it. It's okay if you don't, but uh, it's still we still love it if you do. And if you are interested in doing that kind of thing, follow us on the stuff, subscribe at the stuff, email us at the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And sometimes if you reach out, we'll shout out. But I also have just been like so bad at remember. Like I'll read the stuff and then I just forget to say it. So thank you to anybody that's re- re- reached out recently. I'm sorry if we haven't shouted you on the show, but we'll get around to that eventually. Let's get around to some other stuff. Have you seen the five billion spotify wrapped stories coming out this week this week uh i didn't pay attention to any of them okay so you don't pay attention to it i don't i see all my friends post them and i just go click past i like to see if i am never gonna listen to the thing yeah but i like i like i like to see just you know what your top genres are or what your top um the genre the ones top five cool. um you know artists that you listen to yeah. this year or whatever yeah, i do find it funny when you see people blank things out it's like what, what are you ashamed of this is what you listen to Wait, they blank one out i've seen people just like yeah, covering stuff up or clearly like Dude, you know hiding stuff you know what that's called that's called shame shuffle shame shuffle shame yeah. so when you have a song in your playlist that you don't want anyone to know that you got it there but then it comes that's on that's just party. that's just touching tips with dave right there folks it is, a coming, in, tips. coming in a uh, left tip right, there. right there well so i had a i had a particularly interesting genre result with mine okay in that you know i mean listen i'm a white guy of a certain age i listen to a lot of indie rock I listen, to, I listen to rap, I listen to rock, and then my number five was post-doom metal, which I was also proud of, but my number two listing on my genre list was very confusing to me. What was it? Because it was called Escape Room. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. I thought that was a band, but then I was like, well, these are genres. No. It turns Didn't out- make sense. David, Escape Room is a genre. What? <laughs> Well, I, look, I've never been to an escape room, so I don't know if this is like maybe the soundtrack for music that they play. Listen, I'm, I'm, high anxiety level soundtrack. If you're interested, I'm about to get way deep into yeah, it. Yeah, I just wanted so, to guess. But uh, before we get further away, I did want to wish everyone a happy Spotify Wrapped Week because I know we've all 
We've always seen um, and also i guess InstaFest. i'm sure you've seen all, that all happened this week the thing where it was like all the here's the here's the uh, festival generated by my spotify data have you oh, seen that okay. one that, which is cool, which though. is kind of fun to see i i do like seeing those i feel like yeah. they get a lot of hate because everyone it's wants fun. to post them but i think they're neat anyways okay my number two as i just said on my top five most listened to genres of 2022 was something called escape room and i was just like that sounds like a mistake in the system what the fuck does that mean is someone playing a trick on me Absolutely not. Uh, it is actually one of uh, over 5,000, 5,071 genre distinctions that Spotify uses to algorithmic, algorithmically categorize its library. Okay. It lists bands like uh, Eve's Tumor, Tierra Whack, Charlie XCX, Death Grips, Kiro Kiro Benito, Pink Sifu, Vince Staples, Sky Ferreira, Dean Blunt, and Sev Deliza. It's just a handful of the many acts. By the way, only like a couple of those I'd even ever heard of and or actually listened mm-hmm. to before. So I'm, I'm still not exactly sure which of my artists have driven this. But I guess it sees overlap with micro genres as, quote, hyper pop, art pop, trap queen, electro pop, deconstructed club, and alternative R&B, which that definitely checks out with my listening habits because I listen okay. to a lot of fucking weird glitched out electronic pop music. Sure. You know, uh, apparently there's this guy, his name's Glenn McDonald. He's a data alchemist at Spotify revealed that he himself named this genre in 2016 wow and so uh he thought that because it's this like sort of underground kind of like tense or glitchier computery sort of thing uh it gave him the th- the, the feeling of us of being in an escape okay. room yeah both for the, the sense of escaping from trap but for this like exciting puzzle solving in uh indoorness implied by the actual physical escape room phenomenon I mean, he had a hell of an explanation there, so I'll give it to him. Man. So I guess I've been, I've been, you, I've been Spotify categorized as an. You've contributed room fan. to a new genre of music without even knowing it. I had no idea. Um, that's. I was just thinking about this. If you made a new genre of music, especially like an all-encompassing type of genre, that's been my goal. I would say this is like an umbrella. That has genre. been my stated goal as a musician and artist for nigh on twenty years. If, if you do this, you have to have an explanation just like that. Like that guy's explanation was fantastic. That's the only way you can sell it. Yeah. yeah. But you also have to be able to point to specific artists. Although the one, the couple of artists listed on here that they did mention, which I read through, uh, none of none of them really sound like each other to me. Although I guess it's more perhaps something like uh, like postmodernism or something where hmm. it's more of a vibe than a specific look or style. Sure. Anyways, escape room. Escape room. Just not, I hope you, I hope you're all very riveted by that, but be riveted by this because we're going to talk about gear again. <laughs> Rare find of the week time, uh, and you sent me this one, my friend. Sure. So I'm excited to talk about it a little bit. I sent you a lot of things, but well, you you can only send this once because this is a special piece. Okay. And this is the 1967 Matamp Series Ooh. 2000 amplifier head used by Peter Green during his Fleetwood Mac days. I love that. It is currently available for purchase via london's denmark street which is perhaps you know the most definitely one of the most famous music shops in the yeah. world yeah yeah what do you think uh you gonna buy it so uh, it, i don't know price isn't listed on the site you gotta they they invite you to contact you mm-hmm. know for the price um looks to be in good working order from the images yeah nice and clean uh even i was actually kind of shocked when you look at the insides how how clean things looked uh, it's uh, the, the if, if you're not intimately familiar with the Series 2000 head, it had a large boost, drive, depth, and volume control, and then the smaller knobs were uh, EQ. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also multiple inputs, in co- including normal and bright circuits. Um, I didn't know this. A little, hist- little background. Mad Amp was named after its founder, 
Matt Mathias and his design collabor- collaborator, Tony Emerson. Mm-hmm. So uh, it stands for Matt and Tony Amplifier is M-A-T-A-M-P. Oh, that's cool. Uh, together, they developed Series 2000, attracted the young Peter Green, who became synonymous with the brand during his late 60s period uh, with Fleetwood Mac. And um, he used it for my all-time favorite song of all time, Albatross, uh, the songs Man of the World and Green Manalishi, which are definitely like just like, if you don't know those songs, I don't even care if you come back after because you might just like have an epiphany, but go stop right now, listen to the, yeah. at least Albatross and Green Manalishi and then come back to the show. Uh, and that's a uh, yeah. is that a hundred watt amp or a two hundred? It is a one hundred watt yeah. tube head. So um, it's currently available for sale. The funny thing that and you pointed it out too is that one of the hashtags because they announced it on Instagram. One of the hashtags was hashtag Kirk Hammett mm-hmm. to see you know as he owns Peter Green's burst you know maybe they're just I saying, thought that why, was why, cute. Doesn't he, why doesn't he just buy the, yeah, the amp himself? I think at the store Com- or complete Matt the set. Matt Amp himself is like I, I just feel almost I, I almost want to take up a collection. I know Kirk Hammett is a multi multi millionaire. I still just want to be like the the world. We need to complete this circuit. Kirk Hammett needs to have. Peter Green's guitar and amp; those those things should exist together. I agree. I agree. He never he didn't use it live. It was his. I was going to say, amp. did he use Marshall's live? I think so. I yeah, think that's I the deal. I it was a Marshall guy. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you know? So, and I, I think most people know, but yeah, Matt Amp became orange, and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So the the story there is they actually um, they teamed up with Orange's founder uh, founder Cliff Cooper. Which, by the way, he, he just like had a like a guitar store. It, like they weren't like making yeah. amps yet at that right, point. Right. Funky and they, they produced the quote orange Mad Amps, mm-hmm. and then this fed into the DNA of the Orange brand. Uh, as Mad Amp tells it, Matthias was reportedly not willing to enter the mass production game, and then the partnership eventually yeah. ended. So he was like not into it. Yeah, not feeling it. So then they're just like, well, we've already figured out how to make these amps, and they look cool, and they are, are, are called orange, which is badass. Let's yeah. keep doing it. I love the Mad Amp series, though, man. I've always been a fan. Yeah. You know, I think they sound great obviously but they look maybe cooler than any amps on the market and and are part of one of my very very favorite rock and roll stories <laughs> of all time which is for the band sleep they got uh the story goes is they got some very large uh, f- uh advance for the from the record label to make a record yeah. and instead of making a record they instead went out uh, went out and bought a wall of green mad amps and th- spent the rest on weed Nice. Yeah. And just stared at the amps. And then just turn them up. And, and played them. Let them play. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested in buying that amp, it's available. Contact Denmark Street and then give it to Kirk Hammett because God damn it, Hammett needs to have damn it. Damn it. Uh, unfortunately, got to bring it down for a second here, but uh, sort of on the same token, uh, on the flip side of it, uh, unfortunately, we have to say rest in peace to Christine McVie who yeah, <clears throat> passed away sad. this week. Fleetwood Mac, vocalist, keyboardist, and songwriter. I would say uh, everywhere the chain don't stop are probably some of the biggest hits right there. Um, confirmed by her family, uh, she died early November 30th following a short illness at the age of 79. Real sad about that. She yeah, was the, I mean, just truly incredible musician. She was a concert violinist. Uh, or, I'm sorry, her father was a concert violinist and music professor, and her mother was a psychic medium, which is just like, if you're going to combine to create a member of Fleetwood Mac, who else could it possibly yeah, it's be? Perfect. Uh, then she had, a, I didn't know before Fleetwood Mac, she had a like a brief and semi-successful sh- solo career uh, playing, uh, including uh, a group called Chicken Shack. Hmm, did not know that. Then met her future husband and bandmate, John McVie. They got married in 1968. Guess who was the best man at that wedding? I don't know. Peter Green. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. So just you know, just connecting the gear dots here into something positive. But yeah, worse. I'm, I was I was pretty bummed out about that because I just, I just yeah. had like a I I was never the biggest fan of the song everywhere, and then I heard it again recently, and it I connected with it on the deepest level yeah. and love it super a lot, and have been listening to it seriously for like the last month at least once a day, and then yeah, all of a sudden she passed away. Yeah, my I guess a small gripe I have about. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is that they just play them too much on the radio. Like I, I want, I want that to be a band that I enjoy. Like they kind of overplay some of those songs. And Dave, got a little life hack for said. you. Never, you should just be like me and stop listening to the radio twenty, oh, year, 20 years ago. And I've like I've no I idea know, even what they play on the radio unless I'm in an Uber or something. I, I like the randomness of it sometimes. But. It's so weird. I I th- you know it's ever it's, I've got that sob last year or beginning of this year and put a new stereo in it right away. And I think I've listened to the radio once, probably never, one, yeah. like, one to make sure it worked. Yeah. And that one, <laughs> I've just only used. I know, man. It's it's that. when I'm in my car. It's like what I listen to. It's weird. I should try it. I don't know. Maybe I'll. See, I kind of. I'm kind of curious to see what's out sometimes there. Sometimes a song will come out and you'll be like, oh man kind of put me in the right mood or something you know the, 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 that's the randomness and joy of life right there it is uh something else joyful that, that I, you know i don't know if we've ever actually have we ever i don't know it might, it might be tough to ask you because you don't use a kemper but there's this guy tone junkie that he's one of the like top in my opinion and experience sort of like kemper profiler people that like you know there's these people out there that are constantly like profiling yeah. amps and selling pack, packs right, and all that sort of stuff packs, yeah the thing I like about Tone Junkie is that he also gives a lot away for free and also you don't even have to you basically like he sent if you sign up for the email it'll in the email there will be a link to just download for free like oh, you wow. don't even have to go because it'll be like part of a much larger more expensive pack that has like all sorts of different options yeah they'll be stuff. like selling you a little bit so see if you can get just just, buy a, the tip. Whole thing. That's yeah, just, just a tip that's just a tip baby. but they're always very good and usable and some of the ones that i use you even use all the time right now anyways he tells a story about i got an email from him recently where it's for a, a new 68 twin you mm-hmm. know so that's a first year drip, silver drip t- face. Uh, silver face drip fa- or drip edge yeah. and the cool thing about this one is that he was in uh, the Guitar Center in Nashville to get some cables, saw it. They were like, yeah, it's weird. Someone changed the speakers. Because originally that was a 212. They they eventually made it this way. Someone had taken an old JBL 15 oh, wow. and put that in there. So that's what this profile that I'm talking about right now is. He gave He's given that whole pack away for free. So you should go get it right now. Not even just like part of it. He's given the whole thing away. But here's the cool thing. For every person that downloads it for free, he's downloading a dollar up to $1,000 to a charity that his family uh, and he volunteers. Oh, with. very cool. So yeah, awesome. just go to tonejunkiestore.com. I'm sure it'll be right at the top of the 68 twin reverb Kemper pack. Get it because it sounds cool, yeah. first of all, if you use a Kemper, right? But also because it also um, goes to a good cause. Is the um it's a good, good yeah, that, is, that is an awesome cause. Yeah. Is the is the pro uh is the pro reverb a fifteen? I feel like the the Fender Pro Reverb from like the sixties was a fifteen. I don't think they started doing a fifteen until the seventies. Yeah. I don't know. No, you might be right. They don't. They, I don't know when. I feel like and I've I think seen a 15 th- there's definitely a 15 inch twin, phase. just like straight up 15 inch ah, twin. I know okay. that, but I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I, I don't think the. I thought the Pro Reaver was. I thought the Pro Reaver was, was maybe 112? a 112. Yeah, that might be right. But I, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually not super familiar with those. I, so I, Dan, I think Dan Smart might have had those at one of those at one point. Hmm. Uh, I bet it sounds fucking awesome with the 15. A twin with a 15 is dope. It turns yeah. out. So I, I feel I like, like that. Actually, that speaker could really handle that that power that comes out of that. You know what I miss sometimes, Dave? What's that? Do you remember when I had that that one by 18? Yes, a long long time ago. Long long time, time ago. ago. Yes, yes, indeed. It was that I don't even know when, probably 10 years ago. I had a Guild Thunder Bass one by 18. Yep. And that thing was pretty fucking dope. I kind of wish I still had it, honestly. Y- you played guitar through it. 
I, w- I use it as a, the second cabinet second from a, a one one amp. But actually, I think it was when I was running that. Uh, well, I had an orange at the time that mm-hmm. I was playing. It was like a eighty thirty, and then I also had a basement. Actually, that basement that I still have had okay that modded basement one thirty five, which I fucking love that amp so much. Dude, we didn't even talk about. We'll 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 talk about our own gear stuff later because I we, we've glossed. We're over gonna so get much into stuff it. Today. We're gonna get into a little bit. We're all. I think we're already off to the races. It's already fucking an hour another recording. <laughs> uh, okay, what else do we got? Oh, update uh, that Martin that we talked about. Do you remember probably three or four episodes ago that an older lady in uh, New Zealand yeah, found found it in in the house. It sold. Okay. Yeah, and it sold to uh, let's see what's his what's his name Larry Thomas who. I forgot his name, but turns out was the former CEO of Fender uh, from, I think it was from 2010 to 2014. I want to oh, say wow. uh, he bought it. It was, here's the thing. When, when I re- when we originally told the story, it had been appraised at $15,000. It only sold for 11,000, which yeah. is, you know, I guess that, that makes sense. And, and I think it, people have even agreed that that even 11 was maybe like a, even a little more expensive than it could have been. What year was it? Uh, it was uh, 19, uh, 1870s, excuse me, wow. size two style 34. Jeez, it's a deal. Uh, the nice thing about it is that all of the money again is going to a very good cause, and that well, it's it's a sad. There's a sad root of the cause, unfortunately, and that the woman's daughter has uh, very serious breast cancer, oh, and wow. so it's. It turns out that the treatment, even still with like good insurance and New Zealand coverage and everything, it's still five thousand dollars a month. Wow, Jeez. so uh, that's going to cover you know, like a couple and a half, two and a half months or yeah. so of it. And then there's still, and we talked about it originally on the previous episode. But there's it's it's so called like, Give a Little is the organization. You can go right now if you want to donate, to donate money. You can nice. go and and donate there. Um, it's Give a Little, and then the woman's name is Margaret Simpson. Uh, you can probably just search that on there and yeah. find it. Okay, one final thing here for the symphony, and that is that, um, and I had never heard of this before, but I guess this has been going on for a long time, and we're just like keeping on themes today, which is, I'm pretty proud of us, because this is also about orange amplification, and that they will be, quote, sprinkling a little stardust across the season by granting festive wishes worth more than $25,000. Ooh, I saw that. You did. Okay, so I guess back in original, originally in December of 2013, a post on orange's facebook page asking followers what amps were on their christmas lists drew more than thirteen thousand responses geez that doesn't even seem like that many well especially in 2013 you know it's a little yeah. different i guess a couple weeks later orange just like gave four of those people amps that's so that cool said that so since each year uh they've been doing that and sort of increasing the generosity they've already given away i guess three hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff every christmas up until today now in the 10th year it's called the orange christmas wish giveaway it's open if you follow them on instagram facebook or youtube or, or use the hashtag orange wish granted uh, you've got to start posting now until december 23rd and then i think it's within like a week or two that uh, there's whatever the 12 days of christmas thing they're just going to start every day announcing other winners and, That's and so giveaway cool, stuff man. so it's just sort of like what uh, whatever you think the cr- most creative way to tell orange what your wishes do that and they they might pick you and give you a freaking full war- full wall of green orange amps or whatever the Same, hell you wish that'd for be wild um do they uh yeah you just have to comment in like their post or whatever yeah and again cool. instagram facebook youtube hashtag orange wish granted i love that uh, i think i'm what gonna would do you, what, Dave, okay i'm gonna ask then what would you if you were gonna try uh, to get your wish granted from orange what is it i, I already actually i already can i choose it for I you i think you think can you, i can i, I guess you already know you? but I'm, I'm trying to think outside the box a little okay bit. let me guess what before yeah, that let me go ahead. i'm gonna say the uh 8200 had yeah with a 410 and a 1 by 15 
Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get a whole rig? Is that is that it? I don't know. Because you, Might you as well, just say right? like this is my Christmas wish. I've always yeah. dreamed about it here, you know. I'm a little Timmy yeah, film well, whatever the thing is, and then you and then you get your your fucking or full stack. What would you ask? A couple of those ISO cabs, those mini ISO cabs they have. I don't know if I know the ISO cabs. They do the isometric I think it's isometric oh, design. Oh, it's, where it's like the folded ones and they like point Well, they're they're, they're like both point, point inside. Forward. Right, exactly. It's, yeah. it's strange. But um they do a they do a Oh, I guess it would be a two ten, and it's like they're a, tiny. It's a cube. Yeah, it's crazy, and I'm like, that'd be kind of fun to have. I knew, I knew, I knew a gal that played actually the I think four ten version of that. Yeah, and they are expensive, dude. Well, they don't make them anymore, right? Yeah, those might be discontinued, I but but if they were, I mean, even the used ones now, I think they're like a thousand bucks. But you should ask for a custom one with like I don't know your like your you and your wife's faces on them or something. How like about that. like uh, I would you go for like the color? No, like your cats, they would go for that. The cats, yeah, get the uh, like ham- on the get, grill. Get the hamsters on the grill since they're going to destroy like them anyways. That. Yeah, I know they're going to shred them. What would you get the colored ant like the colored orange like the white the black the the orange? You know, I I, I used to I used others. to really really. Of course, when we've talked about them so much, they were just so, such an iconic look. The first yeah. time I saw them, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever oh, seen. Yeah, I, I like I own orange stuff now, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. I, I my favorite orange that I have is that orange cab that well, because I've got like the fake orange that that looks like an orange cab, but then but I have then the real have, one that's yeah. covered in floral floral wallpaper. wallpaper yeah, and I fucking love that thing. I love that thing. It's got black a black real cloth on. What it. would you get uh, for a head if you were going to get a free orange head? I've had a few. Um my problem, I always, I, the thing, to be totally honest, I also want the same, I want the base head. Nice. I, that's that's my my yeah. favorite orange amp. It's full stop. so good. Is their, yeah. their top of the line loud base amp. I, I don't know. There's something about the character of, like, I love orange for, like, the up until, like, maybe just borderline crunchy. I've never really loved just, like, a straight, distorted orange sound. Like the and, lower watt ones? Yeah, and I, I've owned a bunch of them, and, like, yeah. they always do this sort of, there's, like, a, almost, like, a fizzy quality mm. inherent to the distortion. A sizzle, kind a of. A sizzle that it doesn't work for me. Uh, I think maybe because I play humbuckers, too, most for yeah. the most, time, most of the part. Most of the time, you, I think it might be better with single coils. What if you got, like, the Thunderverb 200 or something? Which would also double as a basic. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I still that eighty two hundred. I know that's those just, are legendary. That's, they nailed it with that. That it just sound, it does that just like zhong 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 sound that yep. I love in a bass. So and much. you can do the really rolled off mellow tone like the uh, very sixties tone. Exactly. Feel. Yeah, you can do that thing is super versatile. So orange, orange. I know you're listening. This, consider this our hashtag this entire freak, <laughs> we, I think freaking we episode did. here send me and dave each matching eighty two hundreds. if you want to put his cats on mine too i'll i'll be okay with that because i do love, love you also kids. have a cat that i do also have a cat front. that she's she's she was sleeping out here but we get made a bunch of noise which we're going to get into in a minute but before we get into that folks yes we're going to slip into something a little extra sexy today and get comfy because i know dave is excited Dude, about I have Dave's so doc much he's got for us today and Dave has so much for us today. Dave's docs. That's good, man. Thanks. And appropriate for today. Tell me why. Well, you heard of this one already, and I don't think you have watched it yet because it just came out. But it's called Dreamers Never Die, and it's about Ronnie James Dio. What? Oh, it's on Showtime. Man, I am genuinely excited about I, that. I think it literally came out like this week or something. Oh, dude, I'm totally going to watch that this weekend. When I'm a Showtime, uh, you know, I looked it up dude. on Xfinity. Boom, there it is. No way. So it's 2022. How was it? Unreal. Really? I, Dude, all right, here's the thing, man. I've heard of Dio, and I understand, like, 
you know, he was important in the scene. I've always known him as uh, just the guy who replaced Ozzy Osbourne okay. in, in Black Sabbath, sure. which we'll talk about. He, his entire life since five years old has like played music from life to death. It's wow. incredible. And like, not just like, you know, rinky dinking around, like playing for like major, major bands with like incredible artists, Dog. like his whole life. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, dude. Started at uh, started playing trumpet at age five. <laughs> was born in upstate New York. Did, I, did he have a musical family? Uh, they did not mention. I think they were just a normal like middle class family, um, dairy farm community, nothing yeah. crazy. And so this is like in the fifties, right? And he started a band. So well, what? And he even talked about this in the beginning. How? And this is the first thing I thought is how a trumpet player at a young age would develop lung capacity. Oh, dude. dude, incredible! Unreal lung capacity. So if you want to make your kid a, a swimmer and a trumpet player, yeah, get those things involved right. together. Exactly, and you know, in the breathing techniques and all that. So. Uh, they first band he was in was Ronnie and the Red Caps. He was a bass player. Ronnie and the Red Caps, and they and were he, like they a, named him after him, dude. So they were like the Elvis era, like rock and roll. Like we're going to rock down to the place and go. Did that, that was that was uh, that was basically America's skiffle, mate. Yeah, skiffle exactly. And then, but then they also had like the. Um, you know, like the doo-woppy kind of like, you know, Ricky Valens Total shooby wops and doos. Um, so that was cool. Then basically no one really wanted to sing in the band. So in 61, he's like, well, I'll do it. Uh, it. Everybody was like, you're the singer now. And he was the bass player at the same time. Okay, so wait, hold on. Before we get much further, yeah. he, did they... How tall was Ronnie James? Do he was he was a he, he was, was a man of small man. <laughs> small stature. Yeah, how tall do you know how tall he they was? They did not say out mm-hmm. of respect, I think, for him. But if I had to guess, yeah. around the five six to five seven. Range. Oh, okay. I would. I always. I always thought smaller. Than if that I for had some to reason. guess, okay. though, in five five, maybe the five five range. You know, right underneath everybody. He I was just in a imagine him with. fitting in my front pocket. Now, this is, I think, what contributed a lot to his driving energy was that he always kind of was. You know, the shorter guy. He was always cool, though. It seemed like he was. He was kind of the hand, like really handsome guy when mm-hmm. he was young. In the bands, he was kind of the standout. You know, guy. So. I don't think he had that like insecurity that a lot of the musicians get from being short. Um, but I think he liked to play with short musicians, but we'll get to that. Okay. So anyways, so they, they changed their name to the profits. They kind of start the profits. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. Not bad. Um, and the, yeah, it's kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. Then the mid sixties come around and we're like, all right, these guys are growing long hair. The Beatles come out. We're like, all right, we got to kind of fit in here. So let's change our name again to the electric elves. Oh, now that's a little on the nose, isn't it? It's a little on the nose, and they and in the in the band photos, they're all about the same size. So I, these these were not giant men whatsoever. Were they wearing pointy uh, shoes? They did not have pointy shoes and like elfish features. Right. Yeah. Um. So then one night, uh, basically, there was a car accident in '68, right after a gig, and one of the band members passed away. So okay, well, hold on. Before that, were the were these like. Were this like was this like a band people knew? Were they playing? Were they touring? Were, were they did the they electric rec- records, elves, records and stuff? Well, I don't I don't know if the electric elves did a record. I think they might have had something. Um, Maybe even some singles. I think or they had like some that. singles. Okay. But yeah, and again, they're they're kind of doing the you know the mid '60s pop. You know, um, nothing too out of the ordinary from what. So I guess I'm hear. asking, was he wasn't like famous yet? They weren't famous okay. yet. No, but they were touring a lot. They yeah. played. I think they were playing like every night. Wow. So they were building yeah. up them chops. Yeah. So that's why like in uh, in a gig and like I think it was in Connecticut or something. They got hit by a drunk driver because they just every night they're playing gigs and sometimes they'd stay. Sometimes they drive mm. home. So they uh, one of the guys died. Ronnie had over 100 stitches in his head. He was basically in the Holy hospital shit. for a long time. Yeah. They had to cut all his hair off and shit. And 
you know, they basically said, you know, his his guitar player was like, "Hey, man, are we we're done, right? Like, this is this is way too close to like fucking around here." And he's like, "No, we're we're playing, dude. We're going forward." Oh wow! So then, galvanized it. Yeah, dude. So then enter like Led Zeppelin, The Who, Cream, Power Rock. Now we're starting to talk. Now we're starting to form some things. He's growing the hair out now. He's got mm. the full bush of hair. You know, the frizz. Is there a rainbow forming on the horizon? Rainbow's coming, but they had a name. They changed the name from the Electric Elves to Elf. And Fuck Elf yeah. fucking has records. And Elf got big, dude. So Elf, I need to listen to Elf. So Elf, and now Elf is kind of where you start to see, like, there's a photo of, of Ronnie. And he's, like, on a mountain, and he's got elf ears. And like, <laughs> he's wearing, he's completely naked. And he's kind of turning around, like, in with the elfish grin so he was he was taking the elf thing for yes for like a promo photo and he, they definitely pushed it but I, dude you did a good job of describing that i, just I got a like, vivid uh, image in my totally, brain of it yeah um and hopefully our listeners at home audition for clive davis at columbia so with the band elf right well deep purple had gotten word of elf and they're like we want to go to this audition because we might produce their album and they go and elf is like you know the band is like fuck dude fucking deep purple is purple's like, this here, is crazy they audition. They played a couple of songs. They're like, "That's good enough, all right." And then they go to you know ask him what's going on. They said, "We'll call you." They thought they blew it, mm-hmm. and they called him. Deep Purple called him. They flew him down to Atlanta and recorded their record for him. Wow! So then, not just that. Then they go from playing like fucking you know dance it like dance halls. Who what dance hall? To playing um, arenas with Deep Purple and ELO. Wow! So that's pretty fucking crazy. British so now they're only ropes. like you know they're probably like in their early 20s and they're like we fucking did it dude that was it like that was easy mm-hmm. you know well they didn't um because richie blackmore famously of deep purple yes one of the i still think one of the most i don't want to say underrated because in the guitar community he's he's highly right. rated yes but for people who name out guitar gods in a Espe- lot of times i feel like especially in america they were never yes. necessarily as big yeah other than the fact that everyone stereotypically and and also and like the biggest joke of all time the first guitar rick, lick you play is yeah. smoke on the water right exactly and it's just you know it, it's it kind of just got kitsch or whatever i don't know what that was the right word but um so richie blackmore is basically like all right deep purple wants to get funky now i'm out of here dude because what they wanted to do was write like they started wanting to go like that disco route because now we're hitting like the mid 70s here so nope i'm leaving and i'm taking elf with me and they formed rainbow rainbow and you know about rainbow i do so rainbow fucking rules if you guys haven't checked out stargazer i've i've definitely sort of i feel like in my in fact even for the you know the 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 old band of mine that's getting back together i feel like i like kind of ripped off rainbow a lot in my life accidentally like didn't even mean to but just like a lot of it sort of seeped in them and ufo Mm -hmm. and like that era of riff rock is just like that's in my dna yep so Rainbow got fucking huge. They were here's the problem. They were bigger in Japan, and Richie Blackmore was like, "We got to get big in the USA." Mm-hmm. And this is after a couple of years. They've had you know a lot of success, um, but they're basically like you know Richie's like, "I'm I cannot do this, man. Like we're not big enough in the US." Everyone's like, "Dude, it's fine. Like whatever." Because he's already had a much larger level yep. of success. Than so they basically, have. Ronnie got fired for for like not wanting to write like a poppy. Love oh song. really? Well, because Richie's like, we need a pop love song. Like uh-huh. everyone's doing pop love songs right now. We got to do something. Yeah. And he had this one song. They played a clip of it. And I was like, good God, it's Oof. cheese ball. Um, oh, they played it later. It's the song that like, if you look up Rainbow on YouTube, it's Ronnie's not in the band anymore. And it's like a song that got. Is famous. it one that was already called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow? Because I think they, I'm pretty sure they changed the name to that at some point. Oh, I don't know. But yeah. it, it the song might have been called, I have a note, Since You've Been Gone. 
which I don't. Is that, that to a, me? That's just Kelly Clarkson all day. Yeah. Well, it's apparently a Rainbow. Song. Interesting. Anyways, and he got no royalties from Rainbow. So Ever? now he's no. So yeah, he got fucked. Like what? he was living in the house with them. They've had the record label paying for stuff, but they weren't making like, dude, it was another like bad deal. You know, Damn. like we've talked about a million times yeah. on here. And so he basically was kicked out of the band, had nothing. Mm. So he goes to the funny thing. He goes to the rainbow lounge. He's hanging out at the rainbow lounge in LA. Does he see Lemmy there? He doesn't see Lemmy, but he sees fucking Tony Iommi. Oh, and Tony Iommi had just fired Ozzy. They told a story about Ozzy that I've never heard before where he was at the Rainbow Lounge one time, just hammered off his ass, and he lit himself on fire, and he was laughing about it. <laughs> and they were like, that's probably the last straw. I think we need to get this guy it's some time. help. So Ozzy was out. T- Tony Iommi knew who Ronnie was, and he was like, dude, want to like, come listen to some stuff I've been working on? Ronnie right away was like, I've got some ideas. Let's go to the studio and check mm. it out. They fucking, they fucking started a band. And I think Ronnie had like a couple hundred bucks in his pocket. He was broke, dude. So, and he had his wife at this point who, uh, she produced the film, which is really cool. She's in a mm-hmm. lot of the interviews and stuff. So she was, she was, his, you know, started off as his wife and then she was a model actress. Um, and then she ended up managing him later in his career too. Which was cool. That is cool. We didn't, I didn't ask, uh, is this the sort of thing where there's like mo- <clears throat> modern interviews yeah. recounting stuff as yeah. well? Cause obviously, I mean, no spoilers. I think everyone probably knows Ronnie James Dio has passed away already. So obviously he's not in it mo- in a current yeah. way, but so yeah. it is, it is current people that he worked with and such. So I have gear spots and I have guest spots now. Yeah, let's do it. Love Jack Black, spots. Jack Black, Rob Halford. Oh, Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's got my heart, dude. I yeah, love that guy. Me too. Sebastian Bach. Glenn Hughes, Lita Ford, Rudy Sarzo's in it a lot, and Tony Iommi. Cool. And Geezer Butler. Oh, the whole the whole gang. Yeah, yeah. So that was fucking cool. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, so here's what's crazy. and Because I, I want to talk about Sabbath a little bit, because I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. So they wrote a record called Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like, he's like, fuck. This is going to be like the hardest thing I've ever had to do is replace Ozzy Osbourne, one of the biggest, you know, metal bands ever rock star front man yeah kind of dudes exactly ever. um <clears throat> so people listened to it though and they were like oh shit this is really good yeah it actually dope. critically acclaimed as a record so that was fucking cool now here's something i didn't know man i had to make a special note about this did you know that ronnie james dio started the devil horns I, 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 I did know that i did not know well, that and, and it's also frankly sort of debated but i think most people Here's yeah, who, in, who it, know about this still provide the of course in the, the like the Jewish symbol thing that you're talking well, about. Well, no, it's uh, it's not. It's actually so he and he explained this because he talked about it. They show a lot of old interviews of him, so it's not like he's not mm-hmm, in the movie sure. at all. Um, he was talking about it and he said Ozzy used to go like this on stage, right? The and two he had fingers, yeah. The two, the peace sign. The peace and sign. He put up both hands. He's kind of shaking. And Ronnie wore like these big long sleeves in Sabbath, like these big open sleeves. So he's like, I wanted to do stuff. With my arms too. Were they, and I, were they like wizard sleeves? Yeah, like wizard sleeves, exactly, with like a blouse. And he's like, I, you know, I wanted to do that too, and I wanted to pay kind of a tribute to Ozzy because I still I respected him yep. and he was a, a hero of mine. So he's like, instead of doing that, I'm gonna do 
the devil horns forward and pointed at everybody. And he said his grandmother used to walk around the house pointing devil horns at like evil spirits. And yeah, I think she like, was like an old Jewish lady. And go away. Like yeah, devil, go away. Evil thing, spirits or, or whatever. So that's where he got it yeah. from in the in the story. But I thought that was fucking insane. Because you think, I mean, you think now like people, uh, dude, I do this like once a day. At least. <laughs> I'm always fucking. If I see someone, I'm like, dude, fuck you. What's up? Metal size, bro. Um, and it's so and it's so close to the the hang loose, but it couldn't mean anything different, right? Yeah, it's like fuck yeah, and yeah. This it like, was this, brah. And then yeah, it was just it was that. And then dude, you see the crowd doing that, and I'm like, he fucking devil horns. So dude. as far as I'm concerned, he invented the devil. Horn. I think I'm gonna start devil horning people on the road. Like instead of instead of giving the finger, I'm gonna flip them the devil horns. Well, if I see somebody cool, like if I see a dude with like a, a <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. Cool. Ronnie James Dio t-shirt walking down the street. I'm doing this, dude. I fully endorse this. I'm totally doing that. I'm going to steal it from you. Uh, all right. So pretty much Bill Ward leaves Sabbath. He's drinking too much. Sabbath fell, fell apart. They basically, the band got crazy into cocaine, but Ronnie was never into that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he dabbled. He dabbled. But uh, he was like, I'm the singer. I don't, I'll, fu- I'll fuck my voice. Bumps only, like, no rails. Yeah, right. But he, he was. He, and he would drink and all that stuff. But he, uh, he basically, they were like, all right, well, you know, they, they would argue about money and stuff and with cocaine it's just not a good combination so yeah so then then dio goes and he's like all right going back to the woodshed i'm out of this band now uh i'm fucking gonna go in the woodshed and i'm gonna start my own project hells yeah and i'm and then they start going holy diver it's one of my favorite bass lines of all time uh he writes holy diver he calls uh, Vinny up on drums, who was the old uh, drummer that replaced Bill Ward. Mm. And then they get this uh, guitar player you've probably heard of named Vivian Campbell. Oh, yes. Vivian Campbell is quite the shredder. Vivian Rips. Yeah. Has, I believe, I don't know still, but had a signature Gibby mm. Lester at some point. Might have to look that up for next yeah. week. Um, but it's, yeah, it's pretty and cool. And then he wound up in Def Leppard after that, right? Yeah, yeah, because he, he ends up leaving later. But he was so young. I think he was like 19 when he joined oh, the wow. band or something. Yeah, he was. I, we don't know about that um but they he, uh the reason uh ronnie liked him because he was like he wasn't like this crazy like van halen shredder everybody was playing van, like van halen mm-hmm. at the time and he's like dude i'm just gonna you know i want someone with like a groove he's kind of meat and potatoes mean potatoes but you know flashy for sure yeah. i mean he can play like oh, that f- all for days but he's like it's just not like he's not you know doing all the crazy shit so he liked I, him i've seen that. vivian campbell at a, a nam before oh really yeah that's awesome man did you know that they rehearsed at sound city Wow. After they formed the band. What, got, a, what a rehearsal space. Yeah. They got Sound City because it was a shithole and they were like pinball machines. Holy Diver was recorded there, right? And the fucking yeah. record was recorded. Yeah. That's, it, and, and that's in, in the, Sound in the City. Sound City doc. Yep. That's right. That's all coming Dude, back and the, the video, it's like they show footage of him. He was like, dude, we would just be drinking, playing pinball, fucking around. Then we'd go smoke some dope and fucking, you know, play some music. That's living the dream right we there. We would stay up all night. He's like, we would just be partying in this rehearsal space studio. Uh, that becomes Dude, I like want to just move into an old Sound City. The most studio. iconic. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. So um, they tell the story of the Holy Diver album cover. If you've ever seen it, it's the guy with a priest thing and chains. They did a real photo shoot to base that drawing off. Oh, of, no shit. And they tell the story and you'll have to watch it. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. I'm definitely I was cracking it. up. Um, so, yeah, that's fucking it, man. Give me gear spots. Let's talk gear spots. Oh, wait, I guess we might as well. I mean, he obviously passed away. How, what was it? Well, did he have leukemia or something. Yeah, he got so he got in two thousand nine. 
or maybe it was he passed away in 2010 but he was diagnosed with stomach cancer oh stomach cancer and he lived in the hospital for a while and they thought he was coming back he was doing all these mm. experimental things it was it was really extra sad honestly dude i fucking cried at the end of the yeah. movie yeah it was really hard to watch they kind of dragged out the death thing a little bit uh, so i would say like if you guys are sensitive to sure. that you can feel free to turn off before that but um oh i, I do want to mention one more thing yes. before we get into his death because Obviously, the Jack Black thing. We love Tenacious D here. I think obviously, much. Uh, they, I've, I've had a, I've had a, a, a relationship cycle with them where I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. When it first came when out, it first I came out, I went to nuts. it. Yeah, and then was like, this is cheesy and weird for several for some yep. years of my life. And then now I'm definitely back to thinking Jack Black is just like the coolest. He is. He's the coolest man, and he's great in this in this interviews and stuff. He talks about the Pick of Destiny, which is the movie mm-hmm. they made, and there's a scene where Ronnie James Dio comes out of the poster. Yeah. And that's actually him, obviously, because, you know, it was like 2006, I think the movie was. Um, So he's and by the way, he's back on his shit. He had a he had a dark thing in the 90s where he was like metal was done after Nirvana metal was done. Everything was done. Yeah. And uh, he's basically like, you know, he got depressed, but he's still playing shows for like fucking 50 people and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of hard. But then he's coming back out of it with Pick a Destiny 2006 metals coming back. People want classic rock. They want the reunion records Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. The reunion tours. Um there's a great scene that Jack Black tells about the microphone that he he brings his own mic to the to record because he's in some of the songs on Pick right. Destiny, and they're like, oh no no we've got you know we're at this high high end studio we won't need that so they're like bring down the one and then he's singing into it and they're like it's too hot turn it down and he's like I did turn it down so they turn down the gain they put up another mic still too hot too hot turn down the gain they look at him he's like guys this is why I brought my own mic he said it was like still connected to the stand <laughs> like he just walked in with the cable and everything. And he's like, no. And then he did it. And then that's so he used some shitty old mic for his uh, recording on that. And it's wow. like, wow, it's like that's amazing. The fucking ceiling. That's the ultimate gear spot. Yeah. Right so there. D- guys, seriously, watch it. Um, gear spots. Not a ton because honestly, it was so good yeah. that I was just watching for like just how great the movie was. Um, but I will say it. So he played an early 60s EB. I think it was EBO, uh, the SG style mm-hmm. uh, Gibson. With just one pickup. With the one pickup. But there was a, uh, at one point, they mounted a single coil in the bridge. Mm. And so they show that. They showed a photo with him with that and an old EB1 bass, which is their violin bass. Ah, yeah. With the violin. slotted headstock. Mm-hmm. And the, and the F holes in yeah. the body. Um, really nice uh, 330 when they're showing the, the 60s footage. There's a cool shot of Richie Blackmore with a strat. And it has fucking blocks on it, yeah. and and no, um, it didn't have a decal on the head. Totally, yeah. So that, that they, they, maybe a jazz that, master. There was a there was a re, uh, reissue that he was there? at one point that had that. Yeah, and then the other reissue has just the, I think it's I don't remember if it's from twelve up or fifteen up. The frets are scalloped. Oh wow, really? Yeah, um, a lot of footage of him singing through an RE twenty. So I don't know if that is you the mic that, that you have that in common with him. I wonder if that's the mic that he brought to the uh, to the Jack Black. That would be awesome. Thing. So I, I don't know. They didn't show any photos mm. from that. But um, all right. So yeah, I fucking loved it. It was a great story. It was inspirational, really, man. People don't don't know how many times this guy was knocked down and came back up. Mm. And it really is like a Rocky story, kind of you know, just like a, a Muhammad Ali type, you know, crazy story. Um, yep. I fucking loved it. I think that I truly give this one 10 devil horns. Wow. Yeah, dude. The rare perfect 10 out of 10. Perfect 10. It's a perfect documentary. It's got, I mean, it's got great mm. editing. The interviews with all the people are great. You know, it's uh, the interviews with him are great. The footage is great. The story is incredible. So I don't know. There's no reason. What not, else could there possibly be? What is it called again? It's called, um, it's called dreamers. Never die. Dreamers never die. That yeah. is such a great, 
documentary title Dude, as well. It's it was I I got I seriously because I was watching with Mandy. I looked over and she was we were like both like. Emotion. That's beautiful. It was it was really good, man. It was sad, I'm, but it was really good. I'm I'm probably gonna watch that tonight. Please do, and let me know what you think. Yeah, I will. Great, dude. Great one, dude. I'm I, so, I knew you'd love that I'm one. I'm so man. excited that you guys. I watched think we that. talked about it a couple weeks ago. How there's like Showtime's was gonna drop the Meet Me in the Bathroom. Yeah, and this did. one like at the we same did. week, and I was like, all right, I got some docs. And also, how about that list that I sent you that I I saw that was the top fifty yeah. rock and roll films of all time. That was good. A lot of a lot of ammo for the hopper on that one. A lot of stuff in there because I told you I watched the Blues Brothers the other night. Exactly, which is that's that you know as part of a, a larger debate, which we might as well just get into momentarily because I'll be honest, there isn't a ton of stuff for future gear. This sure. Week. Let's just ramble, man. There's we're Dave and I were, we're having this discussion about what, what, what really entails a Dave's doc or even a, in a larger sense, a, sure. like a rock and roll movie. Sure. Right. Like what, how much of it has to be, does there have to be live music? Does it have to be a real band? Right. Does it have to be, uh, original music for it like what what if it's just a fully fictional story like how what are, where is the line where is the for line? that does the blues brothers count as a rock and roll mm. movie well I'm, it is it is like a musical i would say it's a rhythm and blues movie and it's definitely and it's i mean it is definitely a yeah. musical right? well i mean i've done rap and stuff too i mean we've done totally genres well but. so that's we're talking about rock movies but for in terms of dave's docs yeah i mean that's, yeah, that's genre less but i but as far as I'm i don't think concerned. i would do blues brothers as like a Ah, that's a close one. That'll because, be sort of like a fun one for us to do, but I feel like it would. We would have to be like winking and nod. Dave's docs is yeah. like not like a I, almost I, like uh, it's we, like porn. You know, you want you know it when you see it. Like when we did Studio Six Six Six, and like we both watched it, and then we yeah. talked about it like afterwards, and it was just like we that movie was made for us currently. So I think we could, in like yeah. in, at least in like a current pop culture zeitgeist way, yeah, that qualifies more easily in my eyes but then okay another example number one on that list was wayne's world no no i'm sorry that number two on the list right. was wayne's world i don't think wayne's world would count for me in my in my little mini rule book of what should be yeah. a dave's doc i don't think wayne's i would do wayne's world because what am so i gonna either. do tell the story of the movie that pretty much everyone's seen a million and times. it's like an snl skit yeah and that, that doesn't really become do this whole other thing but i think um i think purple a, rain was number one yeah and i did we talked about purple rain once but it was before dave's docs was a thing yeah, I'm just not the. I, it's like one of my least popular opinions. I just don't really like it. That yeah, you much. don't care for the movie. No. Does it constitute as a Dave doc? In my opinion, actually, I think it could because one, it stars Prince. Two, uh, the band you know is real in it, and, mm-hmm. and I think it would work. I wouldn't do it again because one, we already talked about it yeah. a long time ago, and two, it's just yeah, it's not that good of a movie. Um, but if the movie but should, that was like number one on the whole freaking like, list, dude, that thing you do, I think would would constitute. As oh, a that star. definitely would. Yeah. So that, a, that's just one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie and it's about a band. So I could, you know, we there was tell original the music composed for it, which I think the song still slaps to this day. And it, there's gear spots all oh, over. Oh, it. There's beautiful gear spots. And they actually paid a de- attention to detail on that. Yeah, one. I definitely. Clearly, went, we like that thing you do around here. Yeah, I know. I know. The Oneidas. Well, you watched the one over um, quarantine During the pandemic. They, yeah, they did a live like the actors watch along. Streaming thing, which was pretty neat. Um, and I would say, yeah, there's a lot of movies on that list, but yeah, if you look up, it's like the what the top 50 rock movies of all time. I think I it's think that, that's a good, good um, guess, good search right there. But I have it bookmarked on my thing. I was kind of like, I was looking through some to get some ideas, but there's a yeah. there's a few on there that I'd be like, you nah, know, you know, what was one that we both talked about already on there? 24 hour party people. Yes, and I haven't. Okay, so that's an interesting one because I haven't seen that movie. I saw it like in. Like, that would what definitely out, like, be that, that okay so dave's doc potentially we could debate in terms of 
rock movie for sure because oh, I mean, it's yeah. like about the happy mondays and new order and sex pistols, sex pistols. Yep. yeah like there it's like about the smiths i think people from the, from that era yeah. specifically and there it's all the original music and shit right and it but yeah again it's replaced with actors and mm-hmm. stuff but steve coogan yeah. and uh oh, i always forget the other guy's name and he's so good yeah but i watched the trailer for it because i was like oh, i haven't seen this movie in so long and, and then i watched it and as for a dave's doc i'd be like don't know if it would really be that'd be scraping the barrel it'd be fun to talk about like we just we could both watch the movie separately and talk about it or whatever but does there how much gear does there need to be in (laughs) for it to be a dave's doc well dude i was just thinking about that because i mean i've done you know i've done ones where there's no gear in them basically like what um Sorry to put you on the spot. No, I can't. I can't think. Well, of an like example. the Billie Eilish one didn't have much gear in it because she doesn't really. Her obviously yeah, her brother that's plays a, that's guitar, a good point. Plays right. a Telecaster. If anyone didn't know that, but Phineas. Yeah, but there's not. Yeah, there's ones with like pop pop artists that I've done. Dude, she just did an interview and she said that she's still she's never smoked weed. Billie Eilish. Yeah. Wow. Will, I, William you, Eyelash. You believe that? I, she, I don't know why she'd lie. I don't know. People lie. Maybe she's a fucking liar. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's not my job to say, but people do. She's lie. dope, but she's a liar. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, there there are many out there, and it is fun though sometimes. So if you guys ever think of a good Dave's doc, we love the recommendations. I love Dave's them, man. Around here, and I I, lo- I challenge you to try to find one that I haven't seen yet because we're at 188 episodes. I've seen about 170. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> it is, man. What else we got? Uh, what else we got? You know, I'll be honest. There's not much in the new gear uh, world to talk about this week, but we've got we do have uh, some some personal gear news to talk yeah, about a little bit because Dave got a snark tuner this week. Congratulations to me! Oh, which is a real sweet deal, didn't you? I did, but now it's not even here yet. It's just like hung up in USPS. I'm like, I've got I bought a handful, couple two tree things the past couple weeks, especially Cyber Monday, Black Friday deals. I stuff got, is just getting delayed. I, left I know, and, and it's, right. it's holiday stuff. It's wild. But I got uh, I got tracking for it like five hours after I bought it, which obviously that doesn't show. They for generated like a day. the slip. Yeah. They did, but that means you know I'm like, damn, this guy's on it, and um, he shipped it and all that. It's you know, it's, oh, it's from a private seller. Got it. Okay. Yeah, private yeah. seller on. Yeah, so I bought it used on Reverb. Um, it's funny. I needed a little pedal tuner for home. I like those poly tunes. Those suckers aren't cheap, man. Especially you know? if you're only just going to use it at home. I'm literally yeah. going to keep it at home. I've got my boss for the space and mm-hmm. all the shows. So I'm like, I don't need another tuner that's like a real deal serious one. I just want something that, you know, the snark tuner thing. I was using um, like the Boss app yep. on my phone, which worked fine. But I really want to be plugged in. I want that direct signal just to know that I'm extra. Well, a little mute switch. You don't know how many times I've tuned at home like messing around and I go to the space and use my tuner. And I'm like, oh, I was, yep. I was way off. Way off. So I'm going to give you a little, a little tip on this. And yes. this is for any, any cheaper tuner. They're all buffered. And you are not going to want to put that before any of the fuzz pedals that you're using. Yes, good call. Put you, that after your fuzzies. You taught me that actually. Um, you know, I think if we go back to episode uh, one, one or two, one thirty-five <laughs> or something, we talked about fuzz first and fuzz uh, first. how important that is. So, and that fuzz is face, fuzz first. My forever rule now. But um, yeah, so that's a good call. And actually, I don't even think I'm going to leave it in a chain. I think I'm just going to plug it into tune unplug it and then just toss it right in the just pedal. dude compare it just like try it with yeah without and if, and if like you can't notice a difference then just leave it in because then it'll just be more convenient that's kind of nice yeah, well know. and i and i should mention this i'm going nine volts so i'm gonna have to go nine anyways. volt dude i'm Who's all about going nine volt nine volt, nine volt. You, i'm you know all what about you it do now. is get some rechargeables if that's what you're really i think gonna i'm do. gonna it's, I think that's what it'll I'm cost do. like 20 bucks to get the little dock that you can charge them with and stuff. And then if they die, I don't have to run to CBS. And, and then, and but batteries ain't cheap, bud. Dude, I just bought some triple A's the other day. 10 bucks for a little four pack of triple A's. No, it was like 12 bucks. What am I talking about? You're, you're a little, uh, 
you know, a penis stimulator <laughs> run out of bath. <laughs> oh, come on. Get personal. Well, I also got a pedal this week, Dave. Your pedal's a little cooler than my pedal. I'm kind of digging it, buddy. <clears throat> I got myself what I would consider to be my dream wah, my modern dream wah. Sure. I have lusted over this pedal. I'm not exaggerating for at least 12 years since it came out. And and and, and just to just to like kind of give a little backstory, because yes. I remember recently, maybe a month or two ago, mm-hmm. you were you were like, Dave, I'm on the hunt for wahs now. Yep. You're like, I've, I've shifted gears. We're going Waz. I knew something was going to come out of it. So if you could give me a little backstory on like what the original Waz that you really wanted was, like the okay. the vintage one. Okay. So orig- well, okay. So I'll tell the whole story. I, I've, I've owned a number of Waz throughout my life, mostly Crybabies and Vox Waz and stuff. And I've sold all of them because they've just have like always sucked tone. And they, I just like, I don't know. I've never really been super into it. I But so my favorite, pe- we've talked about this a number of times. My favorite pedal of all time is the collaboration bob bradshaw from custom audio electronics did with mxr in like the like 2010 mm-hmm. he did this line where it was the mc 401 402 403 404 and they were basically just like boosting overdrives there's also a wah a wah in that line mm-hmm. i've always always wanted the wah pedal because everyone talks about how badass it is i just don't really play wah no but recently i had gotten it in my head that of all the sort of like analog effects there are certain effects that i want to have in the analog realm fuzz pedals oftentimes uh, like phasers uh, compressors any kind of any dirt boxes or like anything like that Mm -hmm. i'm going to want that usually in in the analog realm just the way your ear just like digitally i just i i still haven't loved any of those things i would put wah in that same category i ha- i tried out some of the wah sounds in the kemper that i have i've used them in you know a number of multi-effects in the past Actually, including in my boss um, switcher that I have that has the built-in boss wah and everything. And it's just like, it's never quite done the thing that I've wanted from yeah. a wah. That like, there's just a certain dirty warmth that comes with a good old wah pedal that I just have never heard in a digital thing. So, long story short, I decided I need to get myself another good wah pedal. And so, the, there have been two on my list. A, a, uh, I'm not going to say specifically which vintage crybaby because okay. I don't want to drive the prices up on myself. But there is <laughs> there is a way to know of like this one sort. Everyone knows about the original like most expensive '60s ones, but then there's kind of a later yeah. era one that after I buy one, I'll tell the world because then, sure. then I'll drive the prices up on myself. But there's another one that like Tone Hounds agree basically is as good as the originals for you know maybe a quarter of the price. So there's that on the vintage end, but on the modern end the mxr mc 404 is has always been the one that i wanted there and there are a number of reasons why first of all true bypass a lot of them don't even have that so like that you know fuzz first wah first is also kind of in that same category because it gets fucked with if you put it after buffers this one doesn't really care as much i would still i'm still probably going to put it first anyways but this one doesn't really care as much sort of solves that problem uh it has dual phasal inductors so I think that the the hardware <clears throat> inductor that component is pretty much the main reason I don't love digital was okay. because they just don't, they have, don't that. have it. Yeah, and this one has two of them, so you can switch on the fly with a really handy little side switch, which I love. We'll get Aren't back those to cool? Those. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, we'll come back to that really really fast. But it has two inductors in there, so you can switch. That one is more sort of like. I would consider it to be a slightly more modern wah sound where it's like it kind of has more of the top end emphasis. It does that like basically like if you want to do like a really awesome funk wah, mm-hmm. especially with single coils, I would say that would be the way to go. But then you switch the side, which, by the way, when you switch it, it has its own little LED indicator to tell you which one you're on. You go to more of like a, a, a sort of 
lower throaty vocal vintage wah kind of sound. Sure. And my friend, that has become my favorite one. That was the one you were kind of showing me over there a little that's bit. That's right. Yeah, that's that's good things. It's got a lot of cool features on it. It, man. Is, it is to me the sort of ultimate wah pedal. I'll finish with the, the the features because we didn't even get to what I think is possibly the the game changer with it. It has my favorite circuit, the MC four hundred one boost circuit, built in, also into the wah pedal. Yeah. So you can on the side switch in uh, with with again this other sort of little switch, which we'll talk about in a second. And then there's a knob on the front that you, you can go from zero to full ten, full. I think it's like eighteen decibels of boost. It got loud. Built. Oh, it got it got real <laughs> loud. It got real loud with that. So you can you can throw your amp into full on overdrive with this with this particular boost. I haven't figured out how to just use the boost without the wah, and I need to do that. Because yeah. that would make it even like the greatest pedal of all time. Uh, so again, these little switches I want to talk about because I haven't seen this on really any pedal before. Typically, you know, you step on the top of the wah pedal, you push the pressure down, that gets the button, it turns the thing on. Which, by the way, that has a light too. So now when the the wah's on, you can tell which, no matter what. I don't remember any wahs I've ever seen having the light. Yeah, very very rarely. Like maybe like a more not certainly not in that like crybaby the newer style. Morley, or like yeah. older Morley or where there's like a whole strip of fucking weird yeah. lights on the side. There's you know that like. <laughs> bad right. cats and or not bad so snarling snarling dog that's oh yeah, yeah. The, is that what the foot that looks like a big weird foot <laughs> my uh, max has one of those and that's actually a really they good sound great pedal, yeah. but they're fucking big and yeah. they've got a big foot they're on there which is funny well. uh so it has these uh side switches which i don't they're just these red sort of like plungers that like because of the nature of the wah pedal is sort of grippy on the ground you can just kick it and it like yeah. You just tap it with the side. You kind of tap foot. it with the side of your foot, and you can turn either the the diff, the dual inductor switch those, which you probably wouldn't do as often, right? Or the boost on and off. Yeah, the boost, which could be, be cool. Yeah. So, I'm a big fan. I've never I've never experienced that before on a pedal, and and I was a little nervous about the implementation, but I think that they kind of nailed it. Does that uh, if you can figure out a way to use it without the wah, use yeah. the boost without it? Does that eliminate a, having a boost pedal on your on your board, maybe? An extra boost pedal? Yes. Yeah. I it mean, does. if it's that, because it sounded great to me, and I'm like, damn. I love the way it sounds. In, in, in other lifetime, I used to use that MC401, the that well, it's actually the MC402 right there, that yeah. black one. I left the left part of it, the le- like how there's the one switch with the one knob, and then there's the one switch with the three knobs. The one with the left knob, that's that MC401 circuit. I left that on at all times. That was I, It was an always-on pedal for me for like literally oh, years. Shit. Always on pedal. So that's why I was so excited that it even had the circuit in here. I don't know why it took me this long to buy it, frankly. Uh, it's just like, I guess I, I guess I wasn't using Waz, but... So it's w- been out for a little while? It's been out since, I think, 2010. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it's been out for a long... This Have is they old, changed the design at it's all? It's the exact same. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's still... You'll see it sometimes show up on, like, John Mayer's board or Slash. Sure. Like a bit high-end, you know, fancy guitar players use it. Last thing I, I forgot to mention, on the... Um, it uses a CTS pot which is like, you know, a way upgraded potentiometer. Yep. And it has internal controls where you can still adjust the gain and the Q control of Ooh. the wah, which like, for instance, the uh, Dunlop 535Q has basically that as an external pot. So if right. you wanted, you could even mod your pedal to put to that do on an external, an external pot. Yeah. Uh, you haven't monkeyed I, around with that yet. Dude, I barely monkeyed around with it at all. Yeah. I've just done some waka wakas on it. But yeah. I really, for me, I'm more of a using wah as like a filter sweep kind mm-hmm. of thing. I'm not really interested in doing chicka chickas and that yeah. kind of deal. But yeah. I so far, man, I'm I, at first I was like, 
I tried it with, with just a nine volt and it sounded kind of wimpy and weak. I was like, Oh, I don't think I like this, but it turns out the the nine volt was just basically almost dead. We plugged it into the wall just oh, now, dude. plugged it into another amp, which we're going to talk about in a second. And all, all of a sudden I was like, this is awesome. Dude, it sounded great. Cause you had, you had apprehensions before I got here. I did. I was or little, right when I got here, I was a little nervous about it. Like, oh, man. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm super happy with it. The main reason that I even got it, I'll be honest, is the fact that, as we've sort of alluded to a few times on the show, one of my old bands is getting back together. That band plays in standard tuning. I do a lot of ripping solos in that band, and yeah. frankly, I'm not very good at playing ripping solos in standard tuning anymore. I enjoyed so, playing your Les Paul in standard tuning today. Yeah, you're, was a you're, treat. you're really gonna you're really gonna reap the rewards from this because now I'm just gonna have to have standard tuning guitars around all yeah. the time again. Um, dude, I, I wanted to also ask, going back to the pedal yeah. a little bit, is that so? So the uh, the original vintage one that you saw. Did that have the the extra features of none that? of not literally none of the features. So it would have even it's so, just a straight up. So this pedal. only doesn't just scratch the itch for that. It gives you a bonus pedal built in. It sure almost. does. Um, and and you know I we kind of talk about this sometimes, but I love when you know everybody loves like vintage boutique pedals that are way overpriced, and I think we mm-hmm. both agree. That, but to find something that's been like upgraded, it's most likely more durable and more reliable. Yeah. I would say just inherently because it's newer. Um, one could assume that I, I, and cheaper. I think it's it's a fucking no brainer. Yeah, I mean it's it's about it's a little more than double the price of like a standard crybaby. Yeah, so it's not cheap. But, but I mean, compared it, to it's the not vin- like a five hundred dollar right. vintage pedal. One of those crazy. Vintage and ones. and the other thing is you're right. So it's they've they've done they've gotten all the expertise of the boutique guy, but it's manufactured by a company that does makes bulletproof touring yes, stuff. That's you know, that's done not at Max. That's why R, you so. see it on Slash and J. Exactly. Denver. So it's it's yeah, you're right. It is kind of to me, it's that like top of top of the end not uh, fully handmade worlds thing and, yeah but but the nice thing also is you could probably be more you would be a lot more likely to find that in you know your local gu- guitar center than any other sort of right. boutique wall or something like that um, so it's, you're, it's, it's pretty replaceable and the one you got there that's brand new mm-hmm. uh did you look at used options before you purchased the brand new yeah so i gotta thank my friends at zounds because you know they hooked oh, me right. up and so yeah i i, I I got it for a better Wasn't deal worth, than yeah, no. Buying, okay. that. And, and and something like like a wah pedal that is so physical and and That's and made to be used all, you know with your foot all the time. This, I kind of yeah. I kind of feel like I'd rather have a, a new thing. You want to break it in yourself? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, because you don't know if somebody used it for they toured on. They've it for just 100 been chicka chicka funk band for and the last even on 10 their couch years. watching The Simpsons. Just con- they use it as a gas pedal in their driving simulator. <laughs> exactly. I got to mod mod that into my rig. Actually, replace my clutch nice. with a wah pedal. Uh, okay, so also just wanted to briefly touch on the fact that I dusted off uh, an amp that I haven't played in a while. Yes, you did. And we were, we were jamming it a little bit earlier. This amp means a lot to me because yeah. you got this right when we were uh, sharing the space. That's right. We just started the podcast, I think, maybe not even yet. I don't think we had the pod yet. But it was one of the first things we you know talked about yep. on the podcast uh, when we only had our own gear to talk about. That's right. So tell us, what what is it? I busted out the old SVT or SVT. <laughs> Close enough because I still have the SVT. <laughs> I busted out the late seven. Or I guess it's like a seventy-seven, probably uh, Ampeg VT forty. Yeah, that I have. Which is, I would say, it's got to be one of my favorite guitar amps of all time. I'm not kidding. I I I agree. Honestly, it's got that from the, this particular one that I have, and then also I, there was one that an old roommate had that was older. That was like the top uh, panel model. Those two still, when I think of like ideal loud, clean, or like punchy guitar punchy. sounds mm-hmm. that's that's the those are the sounds that i imagine it's a 410 for those that don't know which makes it 
real heavy to move around on yeah. top of the fact that it's a tube amp with giant heavy transformers in yeah. it and it's a combo so it's not small no there's no yeah you got it's a two-man job most in and and i'll be honest because it's old and weird and i paid like four dollars for it not quite but like i paid like zero yeah oh, cl- close cheap. enough to nothing uh there's there are some weird things about the sound of it like that the channel one sort of like distortion circuit thing I don't know if mine is just weird or broken, but I don't like that. But then no. we plugged it straight into channel two with the full on sweepable mid EQ and the rocker switches. And it was fucking lights out. Yeah, dude. dude. It sounds so bad. It sounds so good. And I mean, we barely had it at like two. Yeah, and I was like, we, it was it's loud and rip your face off, but not like painful. Just like no. even straight in just with the last Paul you play and sounded really good. And then we busted out the, uh, Cattle and bread, uh, Karma Suture, the yep. germanium one, and uh, oh baby, oh, you let that, it rip. That might be, that might be a core of the sound for my my reunion band that I'm doing here. So, and it would be, actually be kind of apropos considering the sort of songs that we play, and also the fact that I'm playing the uh, 78 Les Paul. Yeah, into it, it kind of all fits in the same the genre of the same yeah. era. In fact, well, and that was you played me some of the riffs off that of the new stuff you're yeah. working on, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. It kind of it kind of really fit it, and I li- I like how it's um. Yeah, because we were we just fired up the uh, the twin reverb that's been at our space yeah. for a while last week, and it 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 had it got loud, and I know that's like a it's a two twelve, but not a four ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the, I would kind of a compa- twin is louder than a VT forty. Yeah, I would compare those, and it's but it's louder in the way where you're like, God, it's so loud. <laughs> where this is loud in the way where it's 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 still rounding round sounding. It kind of it shakes your insides. In it kind of it, it's. I, I always say it, but it's kind of like it's to me. It just has a mid punch to it. That you, dude, you, uh, and I specifically cranked the mids a bit Did for you? you. I didn't go just all the way me. up, but I. That's the most most of the time. Once I got the bass and the treble yeah. where I felt them, most of the time I spent tweaking while you're yeah. playing was. I adjusting saw the, the knob mids. moved a little bit when yeah. I you know first got over there, but yeah, man, I gotta say I love that fucking amp. It's. I don't know. It's just, and it's cool. You don't see a lot of them ever. It's cool. People don't really talk about them. They're I heavy feel like as shit. They should be more collectible in a way. So. Yeah, I'm very. That was one that I like when I busted it out. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna play this and like that. Maybe this will be the amp I use in the band." Because you and I had sort of been talking about me thinking, "Put what rig I'm gonna put together sure. for that." It's a very important question. And uh, so I was like, "Maybe I'll start with that, and I'm gonna surprise Dave and not tell him that's gonna be here." And then I played it, and I was just like, "I don't like how this sounds." Right. And it was because I plugged into channel one. We had channel one. And I was going. playing with the 330, yep. which has P90s. And and once I once I went to the Les Paul. And it got into channel two. It was just, oh, yeah. yeah, this is what I love about this amp. Oh, dude, that's that's the sound I remember from when that was at our space. Because mm-hmm. there were many a nights where I was at the space and you weren't there. And I definitely fired up. I'm so glad that you did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Got to keep it. Got to keep it humming. You that's know? that's just doing me a service. You weren't even doing <laughs> it for yourself. It's like standard feed, maintenance. Feeding my cats. <laughs> Oh, so Dude, it's yeah. keep more to come there. Do you I, think you'd run an yeah. extension cab? Does it have an option? It for does that? have that option. That'd I was be looking a at little that last overkill, night. Right? That would be a lot overkill. Yeah. <laughs> but which would be perfectly in line with this band. If I did, I would do it with the uh, aforementioned uh, floral yes. orange cab. Just would, you would, be, ne- would you put it next to no, it? No, I would put it on Stack top it? of it. Yeah. The cab underneath because it, yeah. it's the thing about a VT40 is that it's pretty tall. It's like a almost like a Fender Super Reverb, sure. but it's not that deep. It's it's like it's deep, but it's not as deep as you might think based on how tall it is. So yeah. it would look it would actually look cool, I think, on top. I think of, it would fit perfect. Yeah. I think so too. I might even do that just for shits and gigs. Do it in just fact, for show, I was man. honestly sort of thinking about I like you. You kind of got it in my head that it could be a bass amp. I'm sort of thinking oh, yeah. about just like replacing the. Um, my like half stack of that like my vintage Gibson amp over there mm-hmm. and putting the VT40 there and Dude, I think I think hands down you could absolutely record like low to medium to almost medium high volume 
with that amp on bass. For on bass, sure. it, there, we were surprised at how much bass is on tap just on that Super on low. that knob. You can get a lot of beef out of the bottom of it. Well, that's what I I I said to you when you were playing the Les Paul because that's a that's a bassy I guess you could say a low end guitar more than a, a, a Strat or yeah, something yeah of course like that. and even more than my Les Paul I think yeah. for sure. Um, but, but I was like, I was surprised how much low was coming out of that thing, even with the standard tuning mm-hmm. and everything. So I think you should run some P bass through it some point next week or this week and just give, give us the, give us the update. I'll give you the update on that. All right, man. Well, that, that's been our exciting little like personal gear. Uh, news. Yeah. There is one new piece of gear that I thought was worth All talking right. about that came out this week that I do want to update the world on. And it's something we haven't talked about much around here recently, although we have in the past quite a bit and that's a new interface came out. Really? Yeah. And that is from the company ssl so ssl being you know basically one of the top three to five most famous names in recording especially recording consoles for the past yeah that's what 40 50 years uh they recently we and and i remember talking about it uh they had came out with uh the ssl2 and the ssl2 plus which were basically their super compact affordable uh interfaces that were going directly after in our opinion the focus right uh, market of the world but with ba- frankly even much more high-end features in there and we're, we're we're big fans of these interfaces while they've taken it to the next level in such a way that i now with those i thought that they were super cool but i didn't really see any potential for me to like ever need or sure. use one but with the one that we're going to talk about right now Uh-oh. it's 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 a contender for the crown my friend in, in its space so i'm i'm just gonna I haven't used it yet, but I watched a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff about it so far, and it seems pretty awesome. So we're just going to say that. Okay. It is called the SSL 12, and it is called that because it gives you a bunch more channels. It is a 12-in, 8-out USB bus-powered box. So no Ooh. external power. Don't I don't personally own an interface that does that right now. None of my inter, like none of my interfaces that I have, they all need to be plugged into I had mains one, power as well. I had one. There was a USB one, but yeah. It's, I, yep. So imagine an SSL sound in some ways. Yeah. 12 in that's a lot eight out usb bus powered it's basically it's it's bigger than my twin the twin act that universal audio twin X that i yes. have right behind me it's yeah. it's wider than that uh but not but it's, in, it's still in that same sort of like desktop uh interface with some like knobs and buttons on the top so it's not like a rack, a rack it's not mount. a rack mount okay piece um so it's in my opinion it's kind of positioned in between sort of like the focus right and the universal audio thing mm-hmm. but still with some like pretty high-end features that might even make you consider it if you're even if you're in the market for the higher end right so it's got four ssl design mic preamps which they say come right off of like their um i think it's off of the i'm trying to remember which one either their six or 12 channel uh mixers that they sell which wow. are you know a couple thousand dollars yeah right there um, so it's pretty nice preamps. Uh, it also has two high Z instrument inputs. So not just one, which is, you know, usually what you'd find. And then two headphone outputs, which I think is the other thing that I'm always looking for. Cause obviously we make a freaking podcast with yep, this thing. We use it. They even do have spe- some specific podcaster related sort of functionality, which oh, really? might, we might get back to, but it's got, uh, like I said, those two outputs as well as 32 bit 192 kilohertz, uh, converters, which are much, those are, it's a much higher resolution and an upgraded set of converters from their cheaper line that we'd talked about before. So another upgrade there combine all that. It also has a 
So that means now you can run an extra eight channels of inputs into this thing with, for instance, like this this rack of eight focus rate preamps I have right here. Yep. If you have one of those, boom, all of a sudden you can expand it all the way to 12 inputs. Dang, dude. Which is pretty massive. Or you can just run your Kemper straight into it, and then that's like a stereo input or whatever. There are a lot of, a lot options, of options that you have. Uh, it has uh, 12 simultaneous recording tracks and then eight tracks of playback, which is which we'll come back to is important. It also has MIDI uh, in and out, so that's quite nice. The flexibility comes with the ability to configure where the loopback feed is taken from. So you can now record the output of a media player, for example, playback one and two, like a just like a stereo feed, mm -hmm. or create a custom submix of your podcast via one of the aux buses, for example, via line three and four. Both headphone mixes and line outputs three and four are also access accessible. And then there's also, which is, I don't think I've seen this before, a DC coupled output where you can send control voltage. You can send CV signals from your interface which Jeez. i don't have i per, i currently don't have the ability to do that with any of my gear that i have uh, includes a bunch of software including the ssl production pack a suite of plugins and sounds uh, worth more than a thousand dollars as well as a three-month subscription to ssl's complete which is basically they're like here's our entire software suite suite of everything that we nice. own on a subscription model Very so you cool. get three months of that to get you nice and hooked ssl 12 available now all these features what do you think it costs? Two grand. Dave, what if I told you you can have everything that I just mentioned? Four hundred and ninety nine dollars. Four ninety nine? Yeah. What? Yeah. Shut up, I dude. I know, right. It's it's uh, it's they're just giving it away. <laughs> Again, this was a step up from their much cheaper sort of yeah. models, right? But when you look at all the features that it has for SSL preamps. I think it even has some of their like dirt sort of drive functionality mm -hmm. built into it. All analog, of course. Two headphone outputs. The ability to generate MIDI and control voltage from this thing. The fact that it's expandable with ADAT. Okay, so here's my question, and this is just, um, is it? I've, I'm sure they've tested all of these things, but is that is it going to be enough power by not being a powered source? Not having like a, a wall socket. You, it's a it's a it's a fair question, and, yeah. and I would hope that they have tested <laughs> USB yeah. enough. Like, you're, like what if you go to record drums and you're doing all this stuff, and you're like, you yeah. know, twelve, you know. Well, you're okay. So if like your ADAT interface, like if you're if you're that would have to plug channel, in. Those are still going to be powered. Of however, they're typically powered. Right. They're not going to generate juice for that. Right. As well. But even it sounds like even the module itself, if you Two loaded it up, dude, headphone amps. Right. Like my, I have headphone amps that require wall power for yeah. sure. Like there, you know, there's. There's a lot going on there. Like I think the first, um, yeah, the first focus right I had was the two i two, which mm -hmm. is like their basic two input. Um, you know, really simple. It was a Scarlet. You know, they're like a yeah. hundred bucks. That that it was nice because I could just plug that into my laptop and Bus just powered. sit on the bed and record stuff. That's great. Just record yourself. But that was a, a tiny little module with yep. like you know one or two. It had two inputs, but still, I was like. Now, I'm not saying power matters, I guess, right? I'm just, for this changes things in terms of it, it, mobile recording, for yeah. sure. It yeah. gives you a lot more flexibility and options. You could take this into the middle of the park with your laptop. Yeah, you could. That's wild. Plug away. Four, four mics, or up to 12 if you somehow can power your ADAT. Dude, this is how we can do the rooftop recording. Okay. SSL, if you want in on the game, well, you can sponsor an episode. Send us the SSL 12. <laughs> we'll do it on the roof in the winter. That's it. We'll do it. Fully, fully bundled. Like you know what I dogs. saw? They sell 
electric hand warmers. Maybe I'm stupid for not knowing this, but like, you know, like you can just get those like packets they and have you like a, shake they the have thing. A battery it's like a hand warmer. Uh, the one that I saw was, it was like, you know, USB rechargeable. Wow. And, and I think I want to get them for the car as sort of like a safety thing in case like I ever break that's down and I'm like frozen. Really, that's really I want to get those and put them in the car. You can preheat your car when, when you go out there. I do. Yeah. I wish I had that feature. Yeah. I, I fucking, might get them just to drive in the winter, clutch, dude. you know, for the first time. I have months. like the like auto whatever heat thing on and dude. it just, I get in and it's, it's still not, honestly, I mean the, the steering wheel doesn't have a heater right. in it. So the steering wheel still but cold. The, it, the, the cabin is, the warm, cabin right? is warm and it makes it a lot easier to like, def, like go out and scrape and stuff. You got the butt warmers on that thing? Oh, I got butt warmers, okay, baby. Just making sure. And back warmers. Just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, but yeah, I like the portability of this thing, man. And it sounds like those, honestly, those butt warmers. If I have them all the way up, it gets it gets like uncomfortably hot. Oh, me too. I can only have them on for a couple minutes. Yeah, and then you feel like you farted. I no, it just like it's like it like burns if I if I have it above yeah. like one for too long. Well, sometimes those coils they get a little close to that seat right there. That could be, um, dude. I yeah, I I, I want to go back to this thing really quick because yeah. is this? I mean, do you think this is going to be a thing that's like? I know, I know I trust SSL, you know, from like their history of yeah. these boards and everything that they've built out. But like, is this going to be a cheap component for 500 bucks? I mean, what are we getting here? I It's, uh, again, I, I haven't used it. I haven't like gigged it or something like that. But yeah. and, and I don't know if they would necessarily position it or something like that. But it's still, it's, I don't have any specific need for it, but it's still good enough and cheap enough that I just like kind of want one. Like it's, yeah, I, yeah, that's I'm how I so, feel. It's so weird. I like, yeah. yeah, four channels. Shit. I mean, if I, I, I would love to shoot it out against this Twin X. I mean, obviously they're different products and like I can use, I have all the Universal Auto, audio plugins that right. I can use and that sort of thing. So they're sort of different there. Be fair, I, I would love to, I would love to shoot it out and see how close they could get. And, and if, like, honestly, cause. I, I'm not. I love Universal Audio, but I don't feel like I'm like married to it or anything. I I, yeah. I love the like. For we have a certain standard of quality around here. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, one of the things that I like is my sort of economy of of gear usage, where it's like I don't want to have I don't want to have overkill if I don't have to. I would like up to my standards. I want to sure. basically spend like the cheapest amount possible yeah. for like still a quality make piece a little of kit. money back you know flipping the other flipping the other yeah. so wow i like it man that's a big announcement it's right a big there. announcement it's is av- it out available now 4.99 ssl 12 i'm gonna have to look it up check it out buddy it's getting dark it's it is about that freaking time for we were, us we were a r- couple rambling men today we're rambling man so um Hope you have a lovely weekend, Dave. You too, man. It's been great hanging out with you. I love making this podcast with you. Love You're, you too, uh, this, man. The lighting, especially, I don't know if you noticed, I set up my Christmas tree. I did. Which means I put some uh, big ball lights around my sticker guitar. <laughs> Looks and great. It adds a little ambiance in here. I kind of like it. I kind of honestly think I might just leave it even after Christmas. I, I think th- you should. I think it's just like a nice little, little vibe. A little podcast room, a little studio room. Yeah. So, folks, we just... Uh, Talking about that Christmas tree means that we can now take a picture of it for the podcast episode image, go. so we can do that. And uh, if you made it this far, why don't you go make some music? <laughs>